0: Hello and welcome to the Happier at Work podcast with your host Aoife O'Brien. The podcast for anyone who wants to be happier at work. We spend so much of our time at work. Everyone deserves to be happier at work. In today's episode of the Happier at Work podcast, I speak with Pauline Rodish, all about mastering your mind. It really boils down to your own thinking. And if you can take responsibility for that, you can achieve Anything you want in life. Welcome, Pauline, to the Happy at Work podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners?
1: Aoife, how are you? It's great to be here with you. I'm delighted to have met you in person as well. Um, so my name is Pauline Rodish. I'm from Dublin, living in the west of Ireland in a lovely little sleepy village. Well, it's a beautiful village in Colmanave, And I work all over the world, basically, thanks to technology. Um, my business is called Just Pause. And the reason for that is I chose those two words that they were staring me in the face for a long time as a yoga and meditation teacher during the classes in between poses. I would invite the participants students to just pause to notice how they feel in their body, of course, during a practice or during meditation. Just notice how you feel. Just it's a mindful um, concept, of course, just to invite people to recognize is something in their body not not comfortable. But in terms of life, when I invite people now to pause, I'm inviting them to really look at life, review it, almost like a life audit to figure out what is working. So it's a very holistic approach. Um, I work as a hypnotherapist, a rapid transformational hypnotherapist, helping people change their mental habits. Everything begins with a thought, helping people to undo the patterns that are holding them back so that they are ready to live their life. I mean, your life is so important. Your life matters. It's nobody else's permission that we require to live. And I really want to invite people to take charge, control and to take their power back from the past, from other people, from situations that they are are no longer relevant, but, but live in the memory and live in the mind and can very much affect how we are living and what choices that we're making and holding ourselves back most people are holding themselves back so just pause is really the umbrella of everything that i do as a happiness trainer as the hypnotherapist as a mentor um, and a spiritual guide really to help people recognize the invisible part of them is the larger part of them and when we come and live from that perspective we are much more expanded and we understand that joy and happiness is an inner state that we can manage moment to moment. And so it's really introducing people to living a mindful life, conscious life, and just realizing how what's possible.
0: Great. So you said something about people taking their power back and that can be from people, from situations, can we drill into that a little bit more? Like, what do people come to you? Like, what, what are the biggest issues that
1: people are facing? Well, most situations are going back to the early, early years, childhood, when we've internalized um, something that somebody said or did to us. And it's the meaning that we gave to things. So as a child, we're not cognitively able to discern or decipher the meaning behind certain things but as the child, we've internalized it. And it's made us feel, in, in 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 the main, not good enough or not as good as somebody else, feeling different. So it might've been highlighted in school, for example, that you know we were shy or we got a word wrong and we're standing up and goodness knows how that affects people when it comes to public speaking in later life and having to express themselves in front of people, whether it's one person or an audience of several hundred. Um, you, you probably are aware and no doubt that public speaking is one of the greatest fears that we have as adults. But when you go backwards and under hypnosis, you're able to figure out where it began. And the thing about life is this, that, you know, first we make our beliefs and then our beliefs make us. So as the child, if we believe we're not good enough or we're different, well, there's an we're energy. So the energy that we're emitting is one where we're not feeling good enough and different. And Life then gives us more evidence of that because we're showing up as a diluted version of ourselves. We're altered. That perfection of a baby that we were when we were all born, feeling confident, feeling amazing. We didn't care what anybody thought about us, whether we were drooling or dribbling or we had a wet nappy or a dirty nappy. You know, we were just being. And then our awareness starts and we begin to hear the no's. We begin to hear the criticism. We begin to hear that we can't have X, Y and Z. And then we inter- it's the meaning, it's important to recognize it's the meaning that we've given something that we've let in and that impacts us. And then, as I said, we get evidence of that in our life because it's energy we're emitting and energy attracts like. So it's the law of attraction. And But if we're not even aware that we're doing that, that's why we arrive at some point in our lives and we recognize, oh, my goodness, this is just repeating itself over and over. So we attract the same kind of partner the whole time that doesn't do it for us, that displeases us. We make similar choices the whole time. We're wondering why our life is not changing because, you see, we haven't changed. We're still coming from that place where we have that belief I was going to ask about
0: that because in my own experience it is this whole idea of exactly what you said these repeating patterns that keep showing up so something that is happening to us again and again and again and we tend as people to blame outside circumstances or we say it's you know if we keep choosing the wrong partner it's the partner's fault and we often neglect to look in at ourselves, but that to me, that's a a huge indicator of there's something fundamentally going on with what you believe about yourself is would that be a a big signal
1: of, okay, I need to, I need to do some work. I mean, hard as it is for people to accept what I'm about to say, the majority of us are living in victim mode. Just like you said, we're actually blaming circumstances and others. So Most people are coming and they're blaming their childhood. They're blaming parents, siblings, um, peers, teachers, the adults in their lives. And I'm not dismissing some of the hardship and the suffering because I can assure you I have heard stories that would reduce and has reduced me to tears because I'm not made of stone. And my background, I I was a guard for eight years in Dublin when I left school. And, you know, I, I have been exposed to much diversity in my own life and very much frontline experience of hardship and pain and suffering. Um, However, the majority of people are living in victim mentality. So what does that mean? It means that we are blaming other people. We are complaining about our circumstances. And that whole concept, that language, that dialogue, whether we're saying it outwards, and you know, this great company in victimhood, because in the hood, let me tell you, most people are in the same place. So we have plenty of people to share our, our 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 tales of woe with, and they will share theirs back. So we keep it we keep it going for each other ultimately. until someday we wake up, and when I say wake up, we move to a different level of awareness and consciousness, and we realize, hang on a minute, this is my life. This is my life. That happened x amount of years ago and I have an opportunity now to make a different choice for me and we can make a different choice in every moment and move out of that victimhood and become victorious in our own life become empowered again and make new decisions every single minute of every single day so it really is mastering the mind because all of this is happening in the mind it's the internal dialogue And often critical.
0: I love what you said there about choice. I'm a big believer in we get to choose how we feel. We get to choose, you know, we don't necessarily choose the thoughts. Thoughts often kind of happen to us. But we get to choose whether we believe those thoughts or how we actually ultimately feel at the end of the day, which is driven by the thoughts that we have. So I love this idea of we have a choice about whether we can feel happiness and joy and that can change
1: from minute to minute. Without a doubt. And you're not your thoughts. We are the thinker of our thoughts. So it's important to step back. That's what I'm saying. Just pause. Step back. What's real here? What's true? What's real? What's really real in your life? What have you made up? I mean, we're great. I mean, we're all Spielbergs, I think, at times, creating this movie in our heads, that And we're the main character. And we're all the characters, in actual fact, in that movie where we're very much adding to our own suffering. There's a great teacher called Byron Katie, and she said, you know, if we believe our thoughts, we suffer. So it's time to discern what is real from unreal. You know, I mean, by all means, there are very often reasons to be concerned in life. We have to um, recognize that. But you see, we're hardwired for negativity by the very nature of our human beingness. And it goes back to our ancestors where we were hardwired in the tribe to be aware of danger. Um, And and we're always looking over our shoulders for fear of another tribe's person from a different tribe coming to attack us or a wild animal. So that's kind of in the DNA. And we have to move beyond that. So it's very, very important to recognize that we have to be committed to ourselves to make change. It requires persistence and consistency. I mean, I'm not saying that it's a magic wand wave and abracadabra where we're, the past the negative past is gone absolutely not we need to work on it every single day we're building mental musculature emotional musculature spiritual musculature no different than going to the gym building muscles on the physical body you know when you stop that muscle is turning to flab and it's the very same in the mind Everything starts with a thought. So we must become very masterful of paying attention there. And the thing is, uh, Aoife, we're already expending energy, focusing on the negative in that critical state of mind, in the blame, shame and complain game. And we're not all we want. I'm asking people to do is to shift and focus on the possibilities, the potential to have what you want like everybody's the same we're no different yes some people might have had a different upbringing in terms of you know coming from a wealthy background etc a more educated background but I believe we're all equal and I believe that everybody has equal opportunity and they have you know I just want people to recognize that and move forward with that attitude
0: so Pauline would you say the first step is to is this whole understanding of we are not our thoughts and our thoughts happen to us and separating the thinker versus the thoughts themselves and thinking about it in that way it helps us to separate what's actually what the facts are versus what are the the meaning or the stories that we've attributed to those facts so these things are happening to us and then we say oh well that makes sense because And you're living inside, you know, whether whether you look at it as this is your own perspective, this is your own story. This is the meaning you've attributed to a situation. Would you say that that's the first step?
1: Well, without a doubt, everything starts with a thought. And just from the listener's perspective, the average person is thinking up to 60,000 thoughts per day and beyond. I want you to know, too, that 80 percent of what we're thinking is negative and untrue. And 95% of our thoughts are repetitive thoughts and negative that we've been thinking yesterday, last week, and God knows how many years in the past. So we keep regurgitating them. And then you see, that's why we believe them, because we're kind of constantly feeding into that. We're giving it attention. So whatever we give our attention to is going to grow. So that's why I invite people to pause. What is the truth of this matter? We actually have ourselves convinced with the negativity and the lies. And I'm not calling anybody a liar here, but I am calling people out on realizing, you know, why why they're holding themselves back. And you see, sometimes it's just become a pure habit. And then the other side of that is people are afraid to break that because fear of the unknown. Uncertainty is huge for people. People are terrified of making the change because obviously they're in their comfort zone, which is anything but comfortable. But because most of the people are there with them you know, it's the tribes thing. If I leave this, well, I'm in danger. And so that's playing out in the background. I liked what
0: you mentioned as well about this whole idea of people are holding themselves back. So it's really whatever stories or whatever meaning that we're living inside, it's holding us back from living up to our fullest potential.
1: Diluted versions, unfortunately, absolutely. When we continuously criticise ourselves, and when we let that inner critic dominate, um, we're we're 100% diluted. We are disempowered. We're not able to shine bright. We get mediocre results. We feel mediocre. We make bad decisions. It's a kind of a bit like uh, there's apathy involved here. Um, so so what you're looking? I I'm not able to achieve X, Y, or Z. Whether it comes to the diet. Or whether it comes to the exercise regime or applying for a promotion or putting myself forward for a changing career we've talked ourselves out of it and you know there's only this is the stats at the moment that only one in three people adults have high levels of self-esteem and i often share the statistic at the happiness seminars that our children Our children, when children go to school, about 80% of our children have high levels of self-esteem when they go into school. By the time they're in, say, fifth or sixth class in primary school, it's down to something like 20% and 5% by the time they're leaving school. There's a very low percentage of our children when they're leaving school that have high levels of self-esteem that they like themselves. You know, and I mean, we know the culture that we're in. I've I've a son who will be 14 in January. So I'm very aware of what's currently going on in the life of a teenager and that whole comparison um, syndrome and how they do compare themselves. But as adults, we compare ourselves and we feel that we're in competition with our colleagues, with our friends, with our peers, with our families. And that's coming from the ego-based sense of self, the personality, the smaller sense of self. So I like to introduce people to the notion that they're spiritual beings. We're all spiritual beings having a human experience. And when we tap into that spiritual side of ourselves, then we're able to recognize that we're not our thoughts. We're the observer. And, you know, I mean, this is the reality and this is the truth. And it's not a religious concept. It is a fact of life. People can call it God, universe, whatever they want it's the same thing in the end when we realize that we're here and born for a reason with unique gifts and talents but we're so caught up in the past and the stories of the past and the limitations that we've set on ourselves and those beliefs and the meaning that we gave to things that were said or done to us we're not able to use our gifts and talents so I want to wake people up There are so many gifts and talents that you've yet to discover about yourself because you've been over here in this place of victimhood, over in this area, living in this neighborhood where you are completely disempowering yourself by your thinking. I love that. And
0: something you said kind of made me think about this, this whole concept of I'll be happy when... I'll be happy when I lose weight, when I get a promotion, when I it's always sometime in the future and just something that, that kind of it just sort of occurred to me as you were talking and it 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 goes back to what you were saying earlier about it, the whole idea of joy and happiness is an inner state so it's not okay. yeah, it's not I'm going to be happy when. It's no, I'm happy now and working on the present moment rather than thinking it's you're going to be happy at some time in the future.
1: First and foremost, we have more than we ever had in the world at at the moment. We have more as society than kings and queens of yesteryear. We have more. Yet we're unhappier more than ever. In Ireland currently, between 10 and 12 percent of adults are on antidepressants. Why? Why are we so unhappy? Because this is the reason, Aoife, we put our happiness outside of ourselves on external events. There is the happiness set point. This was discovered just over 20 years ago from the positive psychology scientists. They discovered that there's such a thing as a happiness set point. And I'd like to share that with you. 50% of our happiness set point and a happiness set point is not dissimilar to a thermostat control where in a room it's set to a particular temperature and it can fluctuate a little bit. So similarly with our happiness set point, it can fluctuate. But in the main, 50% of our happiness set point is determined by our DNA, which means we're either born with the happy genes or the not-so-happy genes, we're born dreary or cheery. Now, 10% of our happiness set point is made up of our circumstances, and that's where most of us are spending our effort and time in changing which is what you were saying there, I'll be happy when I change the job, I'll be happy when I get the new car, when I go on the cruise, I'll be happy when I have the baby, I'll be happy when I get married, I'll be happy when I get divorced. So that's what we're saying, I'll be happy when, or I'll be happy if. So it's outside of ourselves. And the remaining 40% of this happiness set point is determined by our beliefs and our habits. Now there's very good news here because in addition to the study, with positive psychology there's a study from epigenetics that we now know that we can change our genes as a result our DNA from the thoughts that we think and the habits that we have that's very very good news and it's very exciting news and it really should be frontline news across the board but not many people know this so when you change your thinking and your habits and every habit begins with a thought so you're not what you eat you're what you think because you have to think before you eat. You have to think before you buy something and put it into that shopping trolley. You've got to think before you purchase food outside. So we are, it's the thought that precedes everything. So when we change our habits of thinking, we can change our habits of feeling, we can change our habits of action, and therefore we get different results. So if we do that, we can influence that 50%, which means we have more control over our happiness as an internal experience. Rather than focusing on outside of ourselves, which is temporary. And let's face it, we can lose a lot of that. We know relationships come and go, jobs come and go, businesses open and close, money comes and goes, health comes and goes if we're not looking after it. So, or looking after our relationships for that matter. So, it's, I, I will ultimately. My job is to raise awareness, raise consciousness that we're actually in charge of all of this. Great. I really loved what you
0: said. I suppose I never really thought about it. Everything starts with a thought, you know, and it's thinking. You need to think something. You need to believe something about yourself before you put the cookies into the shopping trolley, before you reach for the cookies, when you're feeling a bit stressed or whatever it might be. It all starts with a thought.
1: And the thought becomes a feeling and then the feeling becomes the action. Exactly. But it's, 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 it's hitting that pause button, Aoife, and deciding I am worthy of making these changes. Like I deserve to make these changes. I deserve to step back a little bit. I deserve to realize, does this job actually fulfill me? Am I getting to use my gifts and my talents here? Does my life have meaning? You know, I mean, am I worthy of making those changes? And the answer is absolutely yes you are worthy so a lot of the work I'm doing with people is reinforcing in their mind under hypnosis you are worthy of change you are worthy because you're good enough you've always been good enough and you always will be good enough so can you understand in order to change the thought there has to be also just that whole idea that I deserve to make these changes and be more masterful at how I'm thinking so it's all about consciousness here it's about an awareness of the higher self, the invisible self that I spoke about earlier. Um, It's very interesting to me. I mean, I just absorb love, can't get enough of this information and this wisdom. And this is wisdom. It's not my wisdom. It's not my wisdom. This is universal wisdom. It's available to all of us. Yeah. You know, just stretch it out. I mean, think about it. There are gazillion books on the shelves about this. There are so many teachers, mentors, coaches, guides, transformational leaders in this world currently and, and in the past that have been teaching us this. But we don't hear it until we're ready. It's a little bit like that whole idea, the teacher will appear when the student is ready. Okay. And then the teacher will but I also like this part. The teacher will disappear when the student is ready. Knowledge is only good if we implement it and then it becomes wisdom. Let's take the
0: scenario. Someone is having a tough time in work and they've realized they're like, this same thing keeps happening to me again and again and again. It's a repeated pattern. I understand consciously that that I've turned this into a story about what my life is, that fundamentally there, there must be a belief that I have on a subconscious level about myself that that means that these things keep happening in my life. What what is the next step for someone to take in that scenario?
1: It's investigate is what I'm saying, you know, investigative work in terms of well, why? I mean, people go for counselling, people go for a, to a coach, etc. I mean, I mean, I, I obviously I'm going to talk about hypnotherapy here. The reason why it's so effective is because you're actually in a relaxed state and conversing with your subconscious mind, and the subconscious mind is the memory bank of all the experiences that we've ever had. So when I regress clients and bring them back to the origins as to where this original feeling, emotional state began. They're able to see a pattern, then you interrupt, so they investigate. And it's very clear because then they're able to see that pattern, how it's playing out in their lives currently. But then of course you don't leave anybody there. You interrupt that pattern and say, that's it, over and done. Let's put this to bed once and for all. New beginnings, clean slate, fresh template, Now, what do you want? Who are you without this belief? What could you do? What's possible for you? Dream. I mean, use your imagination. Wonder. Without this, who can I be? So I want to incite hope and excitement and possibility into clients and people, whether they come to me or not. It doesn't matter. I mean, I obviously can't help everybody. And there's enough people out there that can help people. But certainly go and get help about this. And really, you know, decide yourself. Come on, this is not real. It's not happening anymore. This is the past. And I think I've given it enough time. You don't want to stay in prison for the rest of your life, playing out something that the meaning you gave it may not have even been the case. You know, it's just how we internalize it as the child. And it's no longer true.
0: You said something there, Pauline, that really resonated. And it it's something about like people need to take responsibility for themselves you know it's it's stepping out of that victim mode and stop blaming what's happening on circumstances or other people and and step up and
1: take responsibility it's you know because it's it's your life you're absolutely you've hit the nail on the head the way to come out of victimhood is responsibility it's the first step i am now taking responsibility for my life i'm taking responsibility for for every thought that i have for every action, for every feeling, for the people I associate with. I'm taking responsibility. I am looking around my life here. What needs to change? And you know, if we look at the word responsibility within it, there's just look at it this way. The, I have the ability to respond to my life. So I have this ability to really check in and say, hang on a minute, you know, I'm here now today and I am going to make a different choice for myself a nourishing choice one that's going to fulfill my needs and by default if we're looking after ourselves we're far better in the company that we keep to our loved ones so we're a better mother parent sister and whatever we are sex wise or you know I'm talking about in terms of gender here you know we, 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 we are better people when we're looking after ourselves so you know in the end self-care is a huge buzzword isn't it, at the moment and it's so vitally important that we are caring for ourselves And I talk about spiritual self-care, having a spiritual practice, meditation, contemplation, journaling, gratitude, forgiveness. I talk about having, you know, the whole approach of looking after the physical body, exercise, nutrition-wise, sleep, all the important things. All of that comes under the umbrella of self-care. And it's all about responsibility. So if someone wants to
0: start a self-care routine, so you mentioned a couple of things there, meditation and journaling were two that kind of stood out for me as maybe kind of almost a gateway into creating a routine around self-care. Do you want to talk a little bit
1: more around that? Absolutely. Um, There's I mean, I've been teaching meditation since 2008. I trained with Deepak Chopra. I was blessed to attend his retreat in 2008 when he was in Dublin, actually. And from there, I signed up and I became a yoga and meditation teacher with Deepak Chopra. So I feel very blessed and honored to have been taught by one of the best in the world, to be fair. I mean, he just spoke to me at a time in my own life where I struggled with religion and I had a a very strict religious upbringing myself, my father. You know, I love him very much, but it was very religious. It was rosaries and, you know, morning prayers, evening prayers, um, angelus prayers before meals, prayers before bed. It was constant. It was weekly confession. And, and I really, really resisted. And I always knew from a very young age that there was another way to know God and be in this world and um, and show up. Um, religion, certainly for me, I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but it's very relatable to what I want to say. I found that it was very restricting. I found it was very separating, in fact, and I didn't feel that the love that was I was being taught in around religion really, really was true because it, I, I, I felt the separation as a child growing up. That it, you know, if you weren't a Catholic, then you know we were different. So I knew that I wanted to be all encompassing and feel that equality with people and never feel above anybody and certainly never feel below anybody or make anybody feel below me. Um, So meditation is a beautiful practice. It's an ancient practice. It allows you to create space in your life. And when you have a daily meditation practice, what happens is inspiration comes in And the word inspiration itself is a suggestion that the spirit within is allowed to speak to us. So we often say that prayer is when we're talking to God and meditation when God is talking to us. And the benefits that I've experienced in my life as a result of being a meditation practitioner is that I have been inspired and guided because of meditation to do the job that I was born to do. And I I can truly tell you this. I mean, I'm at a stage in my life where I feel happier than I have ever in my life. I have more fulfillment. I have more meaning. I have more purpose. I feel I'm on track. I feel I'm doing God's work. I feel I'm doing my living my life purpose. And I want people to understand that when they tap in to the essence of who they are with meditation, they too will be inspired and guided. And the awakening happens of your innate gifts and talents as a result of meditation. And it will Help you be your unique self. Like I said earlier, there are any amount of coaches, mentors, spiritual leaders on the planet, but they're all doing it their way. They're using their unique gifts and talents. You'll find that most of them have a spiritual practice. You only have to talk. Richard Branson is public about it Um, Our Mr. Apple, lovely Steve Jobs and many others would talk openly about their spiritual practices. Einstein had a spiritual practice. He connected. He was inspired. Michelangelo, all the greats had a spiritual practice. They tapped in to that inner power It's inside us. And so often we are looking from it from external sources. It's inside us. It's the most amazing maintenance tool. I personally teach primordial sound meditation, where I give people their mantra, the sound the universe made at the time of their birth. So, that when you get to recite that mantra gently during your meditation practice, it's actually bringing you back to the womb of creation, to where you came from, and the infinite possibilities for your life. And it's your life, your gifts, your uniqueness. And it's available to everybody. Brilliant. And how about journaling then as well? Well, journaling, the, 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 positivity about that and the power of journaling is there is um and what I do like too is to journal after meditation where you you are getting something that often people will call a download very often that is pertinent for you so it can be guidance it could be an idea um but when you journal you're actually getting thoughts out so you can journal a, a problem for example you can journal um something that's bothering you out but equally you can journal about an idea And of course, when we apply pen to paper rather than using digital devices to do it, the brain is engaged in a different way. Creativity is engaged in a different way. There's more focus. And also the power in writing something down is that very often we know, I don't know the stats exactly, but I certainly know, and I know from experience that when I write things down, the likelihood of it manifesting is far greater than it going around in my head. Plus, it's like a brain dump. And therefore, you're creating more space in your head for more creativity, more inspiration and more joy. So
0: it's I mean, it's kind of like the idea around goals that the, if you write down your goals, you're more likely to achieve them, basically, and it yeah. just puts them on to, to paper. Um, brilliant. Now, you spoke as well about fulfillment, meaning and purpose, and you're happier than you have ever been in your life and you have all of these things and like, I suppose it, they're kind of key buzzwords at the moment. There's a lot of people talking about those specifically around work and purpose. Why do you have any ideas as to why people don't feel that sense of purpose anymore? Or why or not that they don't feel it anymore, but why why people are, are kind of looking for it? Like, is this something new that's come about
1: or no, 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 I think, um, well, first of all, we, have, we all have, it's it's a fact that we're all born for a reason. We're all born for a reason. We each have a purpose to fulfill. We're all interdependent. We all, as I said, have unique gifts and talents to share. The greatest purpose we have is to recognize that we have that purpose and then to find out what it is. Now, that's where a lot of people get confused and they get kind of, you know, um, dismissive of it almost. Um, it shows up very often if we reflect back, they say up to the age of 14 If we were to look back at what was natural, what came natural to us, how did we enjoy spending our time? Were we somebody that was stuck in a book all the time reading and learning? Does that mean that we could be a writer? Does that mean that we want to be a librarian? Um, Were we somebody that likes to put around the kitchen baking or were we somebody that enjoyed art growing up? But society taught us or maybe our parents disapproved of you know going to art college that it wasn't deemed to be a lucrative career down the road that it was a bit of a waste of time and certainly i've spoken to artists and i've spoken to people um, in therapy and just in general people i've met on, on on the way that have done or are doing things in their lives and they are not happy because they didn't follow their heart's desire they, what what came natural to them what came easy to them and that was because they were influenced by parents and peers and friends in many instances Um, So therefore, they feel potentially that there's no joy in what they currently do. And therefore, there's no meaning and no fulfillment. So I want to just talk to this a little bit. I don't suggest that everybody runs out of their jobs today and decides that's it. I'm not enjoying this. I need to do something else. (laughs) It's really important that we have the opportunity to choose, even if we're in something that isn't absolutely fulfilling. Maybe ask yourself a question. Well, how can I make it more fulfilling? What can I bring to it? See, a lot of the time people are expecting other people to fulfill our needs in a relationship, in the job, the boss is supposed to give us all this joy. Um, You know, the job itself is supposed to give us joy. But what if we changed our attitude to what we're doing? First and foremost, it can be much more bearable. We might actually enjoy it and we might even make a difference. And when we've raised the bar in terms of our happiness around this, The inspiration comes in, the creativity comes in, uh, ideas come in, and maybe we could make that job better. Maybe we could come in, you know, there's so many possibilities. But equally, perhaps, I think it's so important that we make an effort to enjoy our work while we're there, but you can always have the, the exploration of doing what it is you truly want to do on the side. You can retrain you can re-educate yourself you can put other things in place to absolutely when people start small and before they often go on into their own business as an entrepreneur or otherwise they're just playing around in the background with it and they're making efforts in the background and strides in the background whilst they're in their job um so i think so does that answer your question that you can look differently at what you're currently doing even if it's not giving you meaning And then equally, you can also explore other opportunities of, you know, doing what you always wanted to do, but perhaps weren't able to do in the past.
0: Absolutely. I mean, to me, it it ties in with this idea of reframing your thoughts. Like if you reframe how you look at things in work and you choose to be happy in what you're doing currently and choose to like whether you decide to stay there ultimately or whether you decide to, like you say, retrain in your spare time you're sure. still taking action towards something that you want more, but you can also reframe your thoughts about, you know, what, what am I actually bringing to this situation what am I contributing to this rather than expecting the Correct. answer is going to be outside of you. It's going to be in the job or in your coworkers or in your boss. What am I actually bringing to this situation?
1: That tie into what we were saying earlier about the victim and the responsibility, you know, and it's the same in relationships. We are always thinking if the other person changes, I'll be happy. If the job changes, I'll be happy. But you know, that's a very victim kind of consciousness. So we we need to bring our joy to things that we're doing just because being happy for no reason, that inner state that is independent of our circumstances. Like I won't allow anybody to rob me of my happiness. I will not allow anybody to rob me of my happiness. I think it was Gandhi that said, I won't allow anybody to walk through my mind with their dirty feet. I just won't allow it because, you know, it's up to me if it is to be. It is up to me. And I take responsibility. It's about maturity here. It's about emotional maturity, emotional intelligence, spiritual maturity, spiritual intelligence. That is we have to wake up to that. We're all most people that are listening to this. We're adults. You know, it's time to be an adult and recognize this is my life. I don't sugarcoat things for people because I don't think it serves them. I want people to wake up to their power. Take your power back. Live your life on purpose bring the joy to what you do it will make the world of difference we have to be the change we want to see in the world another quote from Gandhi but I really live by it believe it we must be the change in our own families our our workplace and um, the world changes you just see it through a different lens it's brighter, it's lighter and it is possible I love this whole idea of what you said
0: about happy for no reason Um, it just you know it, it it says it all really, doesn't it? Just being happy yeah. but for but for no reason, just because you choose just, to be happy. Uh, yeah. Just because yeah, absolutely. Um and that kind of brings me on to the final question which I ask everyone who comes on the podcast, which is what makes you happier at work?
1: Well, I believe now, as I said earlier, I'm happier than I've ever been, Eva. I truly mean that. I've worked on myself, let me tell you. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an ex-guard. I'm an ex-air hostess of British Airways. I've had small businesses. I've worked with my husband in his business. I've retrained in the last 11 years. Um, I truly believe meditation has helped me to arrive at where I am today. I've been guided. Um, I know that I'm here for a reason. I know that everybody that I meet... Is here for a reason every family member is here for a reason i see the innocence in people i recognize that you have to meet people wherever they are some people just don't know until they know um i'm happier because i guess i i feel that i'm making a difference i'd like to think i'm making a difference i've had enough feedback from clients and students and people that i've worked with and had the pleasure of working with and helping them to awaken to their potential and possibilities for their own lives Um, I'm inspired and encouraged by that and I've had enough evidence to know that I'm on track I just love helping people I love sharing the wisdom I love helping people tap into their own wisdom so it's a a variety in what I do um, and and that's important to me I take care of myself so that if I'm slipping up I mean I'm not perfect nobody's we're perfect we're perfectly imperfect. So on my imperfect days, I know that I need to just ease off, maybe go out, for, uh, walk every day. I, it's important, rain, hail or snow. I just take care of myself so that I can maintain my energy. I can maintain my enthusiasm and I can always be available for myself first and foremost and then hopefully be a good mother, better mother, wife, friend, uh, therapist, etc., um, and I just like to infuse everything I'm learning into my own life. That that matters to me very much. The student teacher always learning. It really, really shines
0: through um, the fact that you are learning, but also that you're sharing all of the knowledge and you're so passionate about enlightening people and, and sharing the wisdom that you have. So, Pauline, how do people find out more
1: about you and what you do? Probably the easiest is the website, just pause.ie, and pause being the pause button. A lot of people, when I say it, they think I'm involved with dogs, as in the pause of a dog. So it's J-U-S T P-A-U-S-E um I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, the whole lot, Facebook, the whole lot. Um, My number is 0830344121 if people want to text or call me. And I, you know, I'm happy to do 20-minute consultations to help people discover their purpose in life and get beyond the old patterning that doesn't serve them any longer. It's time to bin it. Hit the delete button forever and, and live in this amazing life. We are so blessed to be alive and there's so much potential for each person. I just want them to know it. And I also can't emphasize enough, Aoife, you know, don't just tick boxes and go to the counselor, go to the therapist, do some coaching. Don't just think, oh, I've done that. I've done that session. Now tick the box. I've read that book. Tick the box. And we have to work on our lives. Make no mistake about it. I work on myself every single day, every day. We're doing it anyway. We're mostly doing it in the negative way. We're using the energy. We're expending energy all the time. So please look at your life differently. See it as the most wonderful project and give yourself the gift of mastering your mind. And as a result, you master your life. I can totally
0: resonate with that. I'm guilty of reading books and thinking, oh, well, I've read that book, but I haven't necessarily put things into action or I've gone to that session. And, you know, now now I can forget about that till I need to go again next week. And I did make a note a couple of weeks ago that with exclamation marks it, saying do the work you know and it's about applying what it is everything that you've you've spoken about here um and and just applying that and like you say it's an everyday thing you need to do that every day
1: yeah i think people are just misguided that um you know once they've had a healing or a massage you know just think about it you go for massage you, you might need one again next week you know so um for for sore muscle you might need it again next week or the week later so it's the same with our mind and our life but this is our life Eva. this is our life so we need to really 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 take it on board and apply ourselves to it use the knowledge mm. and you'll have a very different outcome very different outcome
0: something else occurred to me just now Pauline as you were speaking and it's
1: It is our life, but it's also it's never too late, you know. One of my mantras, I'm 55, Aoife, and I'm evolving and evolving and evolving. I have changed. I'm like a chameleon, I was saying. And we all have that opportunity. I used to think change was a negative in my life. I left the guards after eight years when I was 27. Nobody left the guards in 1980, 1992 in Ireland, let me tell you. There was nobody leaving the guards. It was a huge shift. I broke a mold. I broke, shook up the old status quo in my life, and in many others around me. It really got people shook. And I thought then, over the years, oh my god, I've no stickability. This is a negative. For a while, I saw that as a negative that I didn't stay in these thirty-year jobs. You know, similarly with the airline, I didn't stick it. And but looking back, why not? Who said you have to stay at anything for X amount of time? Well, that's also.
0: For, probably foreign part of the story that you were telling yourself about yourself saying oh well I don't ever stick to anything
1: <laughs> and you know what it was a journalist uh, passenger from Canada I'll never forget her she was meeting the love of her life in Rome and she stood in the gallery with me all the way across um the water over to uh, London when we were landing in London and I remember sharing with her you know about feeling uh, that I really hadn't at that stage I probably was feeling a bit low in myself and uh, she said actually you know your life is more colorful and more interesting when you do more different things and now if she was to make me now, obviously that I've added a few more things and chopped, chopped and changed several times but all leading to where I am now and I want people to know when you look nothing is wasted nothing is wasted pick and pluck the very best from your experiences including the pain when we can look at it differently and say okay there's a gift in that there's a lesson in that well you're empowered you're stronger. You've wisdom. You've got something to impart to share. It'll enhance your life, enhance your experiences when you're with the other people. That's
0: it. And sometimes when you're going through something quite painful, it's give it's difficult to see it as a gift. It's difficult to see it for, you know, what it is. But it, it awakens you to maybe a pattern that's happening in your life, or something that you need to change, or that you need to take responsibility for, and ultimately everything that has happened in our lives up until this point is as a result you know it it makes us the person who we are today is what I'm trying to say so there's nothing like you say nothing wasted um and we can learn we can always learn from our experiences whether they are good experiences or bad experiences whether we've had successes or failures we can always take the opportunity to learn
1: that's right that's exactly it in a nutshell
0: Brilliant. Well, I really, really enjoyed our conversation today, Pauline. Thanks so much for your time.
1: If it thank you very much. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. I hope it's a benefit to the listeners and it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for inviting me.
0: That was Pauline Rodish talking about all about how to change your thinking and how that will impact on the kind of results that you're getting currently in your life. All about taking your power back, the meaning that we give to certain things and usually this stems from something that happened in your childhood. But really it's all about mastering your mind and changing your thinking, breaking the cycle of the negative thinking and the repeated patterns that are happening in your life. As people, we often hold ourselves back. And as Pauline mentioned, it's creating this diluted version of ourselves. We tend to also put happiness outside of ourselves. She mentioned about being either born dreary or cheery. So 50 percent of our happiness is down to genetics. Ten percent is circumstances and 40 percent is around our beliefs and habits most people spend their time trying to change their circumstances or think that they're going to be happy when xyz happens but really if you focus on the beliefs and habits that can actually change your genetics and can change 50 percent of your your tendency to be prone to happiness and so really it's focusing on the the beliefs and habits that you have figuring out first of all what those beliefs are what are the ones that are holding you back Equally, what are the ones that are good for you? And it really boils down to knowing that you deserve and you have always deserved anything that you want. And it's out there for the taking. A question for you. So who are you without this belief? You know, the belief being something that's holding you back. And really thinking about, well, who can I be without this belief? The need for people to take responsibility for themselves. She also mentioned about using meditation as a way to tap into the essence of who you are and really, really helped her to find her own purpose. I loved this concept of being happy for no reason. And really, one of the biggest takeaways, I think, is to actually do the work because I know for me, that's been a challenge it's thinking oh I've, well I've read that book and I understand the concept but I haven't actually applied it so it's really about taking responsibility and doing the work and spending time every single day on yourself because you deserve it. Well there you have it thanks for listening to the Happier at Work podcast with Aoife O'Brien. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and don't forget to rate and
1: review the podcast.